It's basketball season and we've got you covered. The Ringer NBA show breaks down the latest and greatest around the league five days a week. Check out The Ringer NBA show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser. But I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans at Empower What's Next. Start today at empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz. I am joined by Danny Kelly and Craig Horlbeck, who has already been fired as Sean McVay's get-back guy. He barely lasted three days on the job. Craig, what do you have to say for yourself? Embarrassing. After the Rams let up that first onside kick, he fired me. Unbelievable. Yeah. Sean McVay was all over the field. Yeah. He just he was on the green, and I'm like, you know what? No wonder they got rid of Craig. Craig, how was the game? Amazing. SoFi Stadium is a is a true spaceship. Everybody should check it out. It's incredible. <laughs> I, it, it feels like you're in a on, on a different planet. Honestly, that was yeah. a great time. Honestly, it was really fun that the Lions started out as hot and frisky as they did, made the game a lot more interesting, and the Rams ended up winning. So all in all, a good day. Yeah, yeah. All right, we're moving on to Week Eight. No bipocalypse. We survived the bipocalypse. Everyone, it's over. Uh, everyone, give yourself a, a pat on the back. Shake your own hand. Yeah, we did it. Congrats. Mm. So, and it's kind of like whatever you were doing in the doldrums of like May 2020, we'll just never talk about it again. <laughs> just bury it somewhere deep. Whatever you had, whoever you had to play, like you had Khalif Raymond in your flex, we're never going to talk about it again. You got through. This, this week, is, it's just it, the Ravens and the Raiders. That was the by, fantasy so pandemic. Fine. Yeah. yeah the, oh, geez. <laughs> How did we not come up with that? I was going to say know, this is really. the fantasy equivalent of walking uphill in the snow to school, but it's the fantasy but none pandemic. Of us had to do is that. More we all had to do the pandemic thing. Now, yeah. that would have been a title, man. That would have got clicks. <laughs> Fantasy Pandemic Week Yeah, well, I'm glad we belatedly came up with the perfect title. Anyways, Ravens and Raiders are on by this week, so it's not that bad bye week-wise. Uh, there are some real pandemic things going on. I mean, Devontae Adams tested positive for COVID. He might miss Thursday in football. Matt mm-hmm. Nagy, Bears head coach, has COVID, so we don't know if he'll coach. And then the um, also the Packers defensive coordinator, Joe Barry, has COVID, so like monitor those things, and we'll see. We'll get to the Devontae Adams situation later. But for now, we're going to do showdown time. We're going to position by position. If you don't already know, we're going position by position, and we're all going to pick our number one pickup at that spot for this week. And if we tie, if we pick the same person, we'll fight over the player with trivia questions. It's not that complicated. But if you have showdown time questions, email us at ringerfantasyfootball@gmail.com. Just put trivia or showdown time in the question and subject line. And please put the answer like below the body text so I don't see everything. Okay. All that said, running back, 
DK. Yo. Who is your number one running back waiver pick for this week? It's kind of tough, but I went with Kenneth Gainwell from the Eagles, who has he's rostered 20, 21% of Yahoo leagues this year. Um with Miles Sanders hurting his ankle, and we don't know exactly it is Monday afternoon. We don't exactly know what's going on with it. It looks like it's gonna be just a um low ankle sprain that could keep him out. It's sort of like the Saquon Barkley thing where it looked bad and it wasn't that bad. High fits, it keeps coming back to that theory that you have where if it looks <laughs> bad, it's not that bad. And if it looks like if it looks like they're gonna be fine, they're like out for the year. That yep. theory bad. That theory has rang extremely true the last few yeah. weeks. It's been kind of crazy. I'm, I'm, ba- I'm really high average yeah. on that one. <laughs> he got carted off. Miles Sanders got carted off. He was crying. Uh, and everyone was, I guess, speculating that he br- had broken his ankle. But it doesn't sound like it was broken. It's just a bad sprain. So regardless, he's only going to be out a-, a few weeks, I-, I would guess, right now. Unless we find something else out later. Um, in the meantime, it's going to come down to Kenneth Gainwell and Boston Scott. I went with Gainwell primarily because the Eagles aren't good. And they're going to be trailing more often than not. And Gainwell is the passing down back. He did not end up picking up a lot of carries when Miles Sanders went out. He was still mostly just used as the pass catching back as like a sort of a mismatch created type guy. Tony Pollard-esque, I guess, in the way that they use him in certain ways. Um, but I, I lean Gainwell just because I think there's he's still going to get the passing down usage, especially in PPR leagues. This is this is more applicable, um, and he has a little bit more track record this season of being a valuable fantasy guy. So came down to Scott and Kenneth Gainwell for me, but I went with Gainwell. Real quick, am I having a stroke, or did you say that they were playing the Eagles? The Eagles I are playing the, playing the Lions. Yeah. What? They're playing the Lions. Did I hear that wrong? Uh, no, I said that the Eagles are bad. Oh, okay. I'm Sorry. I'm so they are playing the Lions this week, yeah. which could mean that they do have a positive game script for the first time like this entire season. Or, that, well, that's or, what I was wondering about because you said that they'd be trailing. So I guess my question is for this week, are you more into Gainwell? If Gainwell's the pass catching back, I'm wondering how you feel about the breakdown of like if Scott theoretically gets more of the rushing, Gainwell gets the pass catching. Yeah. It's weird. I think it's gonna so here's the deal. I think that Scott is gonna pick up Boston Scott will pick up more of the early down work, basically what Miles Sanders was doing. However, what we've seen this year is that that portion of the offense is not very valuable. Now, mm-hmm. again, look, they probably will run a, a little bit more if they're winning, if they're leading, and they could be leading the Lions this week. But I'm talking about this as like a multi-week thing. I think that it's looking like Sanders could miss multiple weeks. It'd be, I think it would be pretty miraculous if he came back, you know, in quicker than like two or three games. So I'd say like three games minimum is sort of how I'm For Miles Sanders? This. For Miles Sanders, Yeah. That's all right. So that right there is actually a really important point. I actually had the opposite interpretation of that. It would be a week, maybe two, but I don't think it's a like a three week injury. But because it's a lower ankle sprain, not, not like the high, the high ankle sprains are pretty bad. But not mm-hmm. that look at. I don't want to play doctor here. He's probably going to miss this week, but it's not a month. We can agree there. Yeah, probably. I guess sure. It's somewhere in between two to two to three weeks. So that's why I was shooting it that way. Um, and again, like I said, the the. Miles Sanders' role hasn't really been all that valuable, especially in PPR. Um, and so I just kind of went with like the passing down guy this, in this case. Um, but I, I can understand if people would rather pick up Boston Scott, but I'm going with Gatewell. It was a, a toss-up between those two. I really do think those are the two most kind of appealing ad opportunities is Boston Scott and Kenneth Gainwell. I went with Gainwell as well 
Because you know what? Even if they're playing Detroit, Detroit, as we've seen now time and time again, is kind of frisky. The Eagles have a knack for getting down really yeah. early in games and climbing back. And for the long haul, I mean, they play the Chargers <laughs> the week after that. Like Boston Scott got yeah. beat out by Gainwell in the offseason. So I feel like the there Eagles still go. probably like Gainwell more than Boston. I also put Gainwell for two reasons. One, we have to acknowledge his name's Gainwell. Right. Like, he, Nominative like, determination. Don't overthink it. Yeah, Nominative yeah. determinism. Two, Gainwell has the goal line work. Even when Miles Sanders was healthy, it was kind of annoying that Gainwell was in the game a lot, in the game a lot, in the last, in the 10 or 20 yards, the red zone or the goal to go situations, Gainwell was getting the ball. Maybe Boston Scott takes over more of that work, but realistically, Boston Scott didn't even get a touch in the whole season until this week right. when Miles Sanders got hurt. I don't think Gainwell's going to get less work in the red zone or the goal line. Like I think Gainwell's, I, so I agree. But the red zone put yeah. it over for me. It feels so a little. Okay. It feels a little Jamal Williams, DeAndre Swifty, where like Jamal Williams is playing and he gets like ten useless carries, but DeAndre Swift is the X factor <laughs> in the back. Exactly. Okay. So we all That's agree a, yes. there. We'll do a showdown time for Kenneth Gainwell. First, I guess I'm wondering whoever loses. What do we do? We want to go through all the other running backs. We'll go through those once we're once we figure out the yeah, top Yeah, because we need to I know guess. who's going to talk about them. Okay. Sure. Okay. All right. So game. Uh, so we got to do some kind of game. Well, uh, shout out to Craig, please. please it's time. Here. I I've been gone for a day. Hi, it's been. I forgot that it's time for the Kenneth Gainwell showdown time. <laughs> DK puts right. his arms up. I wish people could see that. <laughs> we got an absolutely incredible question that is like very geared toward Craig. Ooh. Okay. Okay. It's from Brandon. 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 If you've ever watched a movie through the credits, at the very end, you'll see the MPA, the Movie Picture Association logo, along with a number. That number is the certificate that says the MPA has reviewed the movie and given it the, an appropriate rating. This week's new release, Dune, has, has their certificate number of 53003. So, 50, so that means Dune was the 53,003rd movie that the MPA is rated. 53,003. The first film to get a certificate was released in 1934. The question is, if the first film to get one was 1934, and this week is 53,003, what MPA certificate number belongs to The Godfather Part 2? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I think this question strikes remarkably well the line between really hard and also if you think about it, you should be able to get close. Right. So, first off... Well, Can, are we allowed to talk about what year the Godfather part? You said part three, two, part, no, part two. two, part two, part two. I think so I know year the was, year that came out. What year was it? I think I know the year as well. Can we give ourselves the year? Well, or is that part of here? I don't I know. Think I think that's part of the that's part of the trivia. This is right, part of how you deduce the answer. So you probably we probably shouldn't discuss it before. I know because I have other thoughts too about how to come to this uh, answer. But I want to do the back it. of the napkin. So back of the napkin math. Well, wait. Just, are you going to do that out loud, or do you want to keep that to yourself? I feel like it's better for the guessing to keep it myself, <laughs> yeah, but probably yeah. worse content. Talk through it. I was going to say, there's also probably more movies come out nowadays than they used to. So it's, That, I think, is the key question. Yeah. Because the easy thing is to take, what is that? It's, uh, six, it's like 85 years divided by 53,000. But realistically, you kind of have to adjust It's it. top-heavy. Like, like, like a log. Yeah. Like <laughs> there's a lot of direct. Because like from 1934 to 1955, like there was not probably half as movies as there were in the last 20 years. That's the question. Feels like we're allowing too much thinking now. Okay. I right. feel like we need to I'm like do go a, with, a um, countdown and just say the number. Okay. Let's, should we all say at the same time? No, because I'll have a number in mind. I've got a number in mind. You guys do the same thing. Craig, you go first. I'm going to say 14,527. There we go. 
I had the number 12,000 in my head. That's wild. I, I had 13,000. Wow. So we're all <laughs> right. right there. So, I mean, I got Damn screwed. It. You know, I'm being honest. <laughs> yeah. Looks like Heifetz is right on. Uh, this is going to be bad for him. Honestly, pretty. it's pretty impressive that all of us had within like a thousand. Uh, so it's been like 90 years or whatever. I was just thinking, yeah, like I was just thinking there's probably. Oh, my way God. More. I what hate us. It, the answer is 24,000. Oh, wow. So we actually should have get, done that thinking it. and just oh, well. split it down the middle. And that basically would have been right. Well, I, I got the win then. Yeah, that's what Craig's gets for being the rewatch. So I got the last. Just completely dumb luck. Yeah. Well. All right. So Heifetz, you get second. You get to go next with who you want to take. Heifetz, or, uh, Craig gets Gainwell. So if I'm playing someone for this week, I guess it's Boston Scott. God, isn't that terrible? That like, it's I guess it's two guys on the Boston same team. Scott. Yeah. Like, and it's like so the weird. least valuable running team. It's a bad NFL week right for running backs. Like, but here, I, I talked through it a little bit. Here's the thing, though. If you look at the other options, I mean, there's Peyton Barber because Josh Jacobs was hurt, but the Raiders are on a bye. So, like, first of all, Josh Jacobs might be fine by the time he comes back. We don't really know yep. what the deal is with his chest injury. So, Josh Jacobs being hurt doesn't really make Peyton Barber valuable. Like, he might just be fine. I guess you could speculatively pick up Peyton Barber for maybe one game later. Mm. There's Brandon Bolden, who I guess is James White now. Pass. But, like, just <laughs> like you're kind of just hoping Jesus. Brandon Bolden has James White games. That's also really dicey. There's Devontae Freeman, who... I guess has the job over Latavius Murray because Murray the Ravens is an are on by. But the Ravens yeah. are on by. That's the thing. The Ravens <laughs> are on by. By the time the Ravens play again, Latavius Murray also might be fine. And then you're just in this like whack-a-mole, Le'Veon Bell, Devontae Freeman, Latavius Murray world again where we don't want to live. So like I, I have like some deeper stashes I want to talk through. But if you actually did play someone, I feel this week, I kind of feel like Boston Scott is still the second best pickup. DK, am I, am I wrong? Yeah, I had him second on my list. I had Brandon Bolden third, even though Craig was very rude and said pass um, just because he is, I think establishing himself as sort of like the James white in this offense. It's going to be hit or miss. You can't really trust the Patriots r rotation ever, but you know, if you're desperate for a guy, he could be in there. I also had a couple guys on my list. Rashad Penny. Yeah. We are recording. We are recording early afternoon on Monday. So we are unaware of what's happening in Monday night football with the Seahawks and the run game and, and Penny himself, all that. So, um, this is again sort of more like a speculative speculative ad going forward that maybe Penny will carve out a role as the one B to Chris Carson and or Alex Collins. It, it's that's just a mess in that backfield. The other one that I wanted to throw out here, which I kind of like, is David Johnson from the Texans. Whoa! God forbid we bring up David Johnson again, but if he gets traded before the trade deadline, which is by the way November second coming up. Um, if the Texans decide to offload some of their veteran players, he could be the type of guy that a team could look for because he's still good in the passing game. He gives them that element. You know, he's got a little bit of juice left, I'd say. Um, I mean, shit, I don't know why the Ravens haven't been calling, to be honest. But what, they don't have just, enough old running backs. <laughs> they just need to, they need to have four. Expendable three. Is not, four. You know how old David Johnson three, is? Three is not the key number. It's Pop four. Quiz. How old is David Johnson? 29 is my guess. 28 That's exactly right so that 29 yeah oh, sorry well i love david Johnson. um but yeah so he's a guy that would just be like pick him up if you have an extra roster spot and Ooh. and see if he gets traded to a good team if not well you're stepping on my corner of the speculative guy who might get traded because the guy I, I the other guy was gonna say like a real speculative stash is marlon mack who again is still in the trade block still really might get traded which i feel like I, am i biased i kind of feel like marlon mack has a better chance of actually getting a larger workload would you rather have Marlon know. Mack or David I wouldn't, Johnson? I wouldn't stash? say that because Marlon Mack is coming off an Achilles injury. I don't know who is going to trade for a guy like Marlon Mack who's coming off an Achilles injury. That's what I don't understand. 
I love that they're trying to give him like eight carries a game to make him look good. So people are right. like, ooh. I'm not, but that's the thing. That's why it's speculative. It's not like add him over Kenneth Gainwell, but it's more like if you have that extra roster spot, I yeah. on the off chance he gets sent somewhere. Like if he went to Kansas City, not that he would, but you know yeah, what I mean? Just yeah, on the yeah. off chance you wanted that to happen when he's on your bench. I think the but, end of the the end of the day, like the bottom line with all this is this is where we are. There's no good exactly. Real, there's there's no, no really really good pickups this week at the. Let me back throw position, two other ones. Think. Deeper cut, Salva Salvan Ahmed, Salvan Ahmed, yeah Ahmed, the Dolphins' second running back. Who so there's Miles Gaskin, Malcolm Brown, and Salvan Ahmed. Malcolm Brown got hurt. Malcolm Brown has quad injury. Might be out like a few weeks. It's not exactly clear what the timeline is, but. That leaves the Dolphins with really just two backs, the ever-infuriating Miles Gaskin, who really might mm. be less infuriating now without Malcolm yep. Brown. Yep. And then Ahmed, who, if you really watch, he's got a lot of juice. Like, he just looks good. Yeah. If anything happens to Gaskin, like, I actually think Ahmed could, like, be really good for this team. Again, that's like a stash. It's really a question of how much of a workload he can carve out. It's not like in a regular 10-team league. I'm like, oh, yeah, add him. But if you're in, like, a, the deeper, the people who are in deeper leagues, like a 14-team league or something, I would I would look at yeah. Uh, yeah. the Dolphins situation. And then just randomly, Samashi P. Ryan. Yeah. If you're really is he like still out there? Oh wow! Desperate. They're he had like eleven the carries. A, what? Didn't he have like eleven carries this week? Yeah, he had a lot of carries, and the the Bengals are playing the Jets this week. I believe the line's like nine and a half or ten. It's not like the Bengals couldn't get garbage time against the Jets, and, and they take some more workload off Mixon. Like that's a, that's a possible dart throw. For We're in week. a weird and world, the, man, with the Bengals being like good. <laughs> How unnatural does this feel? <laughs> We're talking it's, about how the backup running back on the Bengals is a good ad. Well, also, like, Craig, like, I feel like it's forgotten now that, but when we were growing up, the Bengals were, like, the worst team in the NFL for, like, a long time. Yeah. Like, before, like pre the Lions being the Lions, the Bengals were the Lions. 100%. And they've never really, like, shaken that completely. No, because they had, they had, like, the Carson Palmer stuff for a little bit, but then he got hurt, and then he left, and then, I mean, it's, that's it. That's all they've had. They're also just, well, they made the playoffs a few years in a row. They were pretty solid. They never won a game. I know, but they were pretty solid. Like they were like the Matt Stafford Lions, contender. but it was Dalton, and they would just be seven and nine every year and lose. Marvin Lewis's coaching tenure lasted longer than the Iraq War. <laughs> Why is a that a comp? Game. Like what? Because he was hired. Does like the same month he was hired. All right. Heifetz always pulls out those weird ones. Three presidents ago. It's like sports science. That's what Heifetz does, where they just have the most ridiculous comparison. It's like, LeBron James jumped 42 inches last night. That's three and a half fire hydrants. And you're like, what the, that doesn't, that's really, that's incredibly hard to. I just want to point out the Bengals you don't, you don't won, like those? Like, the Bengals won 10 games in 2012. They won 10 plus games, 2012, 2013, 2014, 2015, including first place in the division twice. It's not yeah. like they were like they the never, shittiest they never team ever. Yeah, Heifetz, I guess the, the Browns were, <laughs> were in that division, so they were probably the team that was... <laughs> I just want to be like on the right... I just want to be like historically a little bit accurate. Here. I'm sorry. I, look, Generally I, speaking, I, they've been I, bad, though. I've, I have a sing- I'm sure maybe some Bengals fans listening to this are mad at me right now. I also feel like they never won a play... They haven't won a playoff game in 20 years. Well, they lost in the, they lost in yeah, in the wild card round five straight years. <laughs> so yes, that's correct. And seven out of eight. Um, how are we, how did I get put under the side where saying the Bengals haven't been good recently is like a hot take? Well, no, I think you were kind of saying like Craig when we were growing up, the Bengals are the worst team in the league, and anyway, DK's like they're this, not. They okay, we're off. We're way off topic here. Getting off uh, track here. Feels like we're wasting a lot of time. Yeah, let's let's go to wide receiver here. 
the point is that in truth, I I feel like if there's only two people, two teams on by this week, I don't really think anyone's desperate enough to play Samaje P. Ryan. But if you are, you could get away with it. To be honest, anyway. I think the third pick after Gainwell and Scott, I think it's Salvin Ahmed. I think he's the best. He has juice, and that is an open backfield that's a team playing for next year already. And like, you know what? I well, you know I trailing think, script, I, yeah, more exactly. passing. DK, so who yeah. are you actually officially picking? <sighs> Good one. Good question. You got me here. Uh, I'm going with Brandon Bolden. Wow. But I don't I, I feel great about James it. White. Like, I don't feel okay. great about it. Okay. All right. Any other news? Uh, other news of running back worlds. Nick Chubb and Saquon might return this week. Nick Chubb, I believe, is back at practice. Limited capacity. Maybe. We'll see. It's looking so just, like Chubb is going to be back. So, unfortunately, the Dernis Johnson era is over. Is or it, at though? Least, I mean, he might get over. He might spell him a little bit. Yeah, but not as a 29 carry guy or whatever it is. Yeah, he could fill into the Kareem Hunt kind of role, get maybe 10 touches. It True. depends on the pass catch. I think he'll pro- Dearness Johnson will probably be flex worthy, but it won't be like it was. It'll, it'll never be like it was. Also, with only mm. one stud running back now healthy, Nick Chubb, I doubt they're just going to like give him 28 touches and be like, screw it. You, the mean, flip side, though, is the Saquon returns to Devontae Booker is um, kaput. Toast. Eminently benchable. Yeah. At best. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusion supply. Oh, hold up. Smell test. Go ahead. Sniff those pits. Now, your bits. Feet, toes, come on. Could be fresher, right? It's all good. Old Spice Total Body Deodorant Spray is gentle enough to use all over your body, giving you 24-7 lasting freshness with daily use, from pits to toes and down below. So every smell test gets a... (sighs) Shop for Old Spice Total Body Deodorant. Okay, receiver time? Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So again, Ravens, Raiders, not like not a disaster to have the Ravens and Raiders on by for receivers. Just Marquise Brown, Rashad Bateman, Hunter Renfro, Ruggs. Like we can live with that world. Mm-hmm. Uh, DK, who's your yes. number one receiver waiver pick for this week? Again, this was a tough one. It came down to the wire and we heard about the Devontae Adams news literally about 25 minutes before we started recording this podcast. So I'm going with Alan Lazard for the Packers, who um, if you're looking for a one week fill in, particularly if you're struggling from injuries like or and or the Devontae Adams loss. I think Lazard is a solid like flex option to plug in this week and this week only. I'm guessing Devontae Adams will be back. He was he is vaccinated, which means he has to have two negative tests uh, before the game. It's very unlikely. It's looking like very unlikely that he's going to be able to play this Thursday. So again, for a one week only plug in, Alan Lazard, I think, is a solid option. He's rostered in four percent of leagues, two straight weeks with double digit points in PBR, and that was with Devontae Adams playing. Um, He's had 11 targets, 8 catches, 87 yards, and 2 touchdowns in that stretch. 
for the Packers. He's kind of like the number two um, in that offense, if there is one, I guess, in terms of well, the receiver position. The thing is, MVS, Valdez Scantling's, we don't know, but probably also going to miss this game too. He's closer to coming back, but it it's I think it'll be touch and go. Like Lazard is more reliable, in my opinion, even if MVS plays. Does that make sense? Like I don't even I don't want to trust MVS at this point. Well, he's on IR. I feel like they got to hurry up if he's going to play this week. I think I That's saw that thing. he's it's a tough close to coming back. He's Thursday. close to coming back, but I, it does, it's unclear if he's actually going to be coming back this week. To piggyback on top of DK's selection of Lazard, which I am also going to mirror. I mean, this is I mean the Packers honestly like the last three-ish weeks, they haven't exactly blown the doors off any team offensively, uh, mainly because they haven't had to. They've played teams that they were just kind of better than, limited mm -hmm. offensive teams. This week, they're going at Arizona. So if there's any chance of this game that, that they're going to be in a shootout, it's probably this game. And like DK said, you know, Devontae's, or Alan Lazard has had a 17% target share in the, each of the last two games. That's with Devontae Adams. I mean, he could probably, you could make the argument he'll see double-digit targets this week against Arizona. Yeah, I think uh, it's Lazard too, and, and as Craig, like Craig was saying, I mean the Cardinals have given up fantasy points to receivers. Like it's just Lazard, it's just a, a super solid option. So, I, was, right. I was, I'm writing about, uh, I'm writing about the Packers in my power rankings this week. Since so, like taking Rogers Week One out because Rogers was terrible and it was one. preseason. That was a preseason. It was his preseason. Yeah. Um, if you take out Week One, and so from Week Two on. Rodgers is uh, third in touchdowns, tied for third in touchdowns. He has 15 touchdowns in this stretch. Only Brady and Matt Stafford have more. Um, he's second to Prescott in pass rating, 118.6. Uh, and then third in adjusted yards per attempt, nine and a half. So he's been playing really well. This offense, Craig, I agree with you. Like, it hasn't really had to go full bore. They've just been so efficient. They haven't really had to do, like, go all out. But this week is where they might have to really turn it on and, and pass a bunch. Um, and so, yeah, I like this one. And I just want to like, you know, you want to hit your wagon to good quarterbacks if you're looking at receivers. So this one works. Quick side note here. You mentioned Rodgers and how good he's been. Maybe I'm just, this is recency bias, but I can't remember a time in where we're pretty much halfway through the season. Not really a 17 game, but whatever. We're seven weeks through the season. There are like eight legitimate MVP candidates who mm -hmm. I think are all in the running. You have like Tom Brady, Kyler Murray, Matt Stafford, Josh Allen, maybe Dak Prescott, Justin Herbert, Aaron Rodgers. Like all of these guys are legitimate in a different season, really, really having the years of like an MVP. Well, you know my theory on MVPs, right? What? The MVP is a team award that we tell ourselves is a player award. But in reality, every MVP of the last like 14 years, except for the Adrian Peterson uh, 2000 yard season, every MVP is a quarterback for a team with a first round buy. Yeah, I mean. And so basically, a quarter of your team gets a first round buy. And there is a quarter, um, you look at that, we basically look at that group and pick the one who gets the most credit for that team. Or another way to look at it is that we don't really, none of, it's really hard to talk about how teams, why teams win or lose. And so we basically give team, like players credit when their team wins. And the quarterback whose team wins 14 games and loses twice just gets the credit for that season. And even though you could probably argue maybe there are some quarterbacks who've dragged teams to 11 wins and without them they'd have three. Yeah, it's more of a narrative award. To, it's like stuff, but it's really just when you lose, the quarterback can't be credited as an MVP candidate. So I, I think, but I, to your point though, I think the reason there's so many MVP candidates this year is that we don't really know who like the best teams are in yeah, each yeah, conference. Yeah, yeah, 
And so that's the trickle down. No front runner this year, really. I mean, it's it's. I feel like I've had seven different conversations about seven different guys, and in each one of those conversations, we end with, "Yeah, man. I mean, he he could look like the MVP this year." And there's so <laughs> but many. That's of why them. I think that this is such a cool game for the Cardinals because this feels like Kyler Murray's first big game. Yeah. as an NFL player, like he's obviously had big games, but this is the first one in prime time against Aaron Rodgers. And are they favored? I haven't looked at the lines yet. Let me check right quick. Quick line check. One sec. The Cardinals are giving six wow. points. I guess that's with... I, no, that's probably a post-Devante Adams adjustment. Oh, but right. still, Kyler Murray, yes. Thursday Night Football against the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, and you're favored by almost a touchdown. Like, that's... This is the first game where people are going to be like, oh, like, this is Kyler's chance, which is cool. Okay, so Absolutely. we're all collectively on Lazard here. Does that mean we're doing showdown time? Yeah, we got to do Alan Lazard's showdown time here. Okay. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Yeah, we had first Kenneth Gainwell, and now we have the... Alan Lazard, showdown time. DK heads up. <laughs> I'm doing the Will, I'm doing the Will Ferrell thing from from uh, Wedding Crashers. Fist pump. Yeah, really excited about this question. Okay, it's from Peter. Peter. Pete. Peter. What year did the first yellow down marker appear on TV? Oh, good question. The yellow down marker. So like, like the, the, thing the, that first, has down the first down marker. Like the line is unofficial. The yellow first down marker. When did they introduce that? This is a fun one. Movie magic has really taken a, a giant leap forward in the last few decades. Like they really were limited. I think for a we while should there. we should guess quickly. Two years are in my head. Are you, okay, let's do it. Okay, go ahead, Craig. Do you want to do three, two, one? You want me to just say? I, it? I have the number in my head. We don't have to I talk have over each other. I just yeah. I know I'm not going to change my answer based on what you guys say. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go with 2006. That's oh, holy so shit. wrong. That's unbelievably wrong. I went okay, way way okay. further back. I went 1989. Oh, I have a, I'm going to, I, I, before you said it, I had 1987. I feel like it's 87 or 97. I believe it's 87. Let's do it. Okay. What, what is it? Uh, the answer is fuck 1998. I knew it. Fuck oh. you guys, baby. I knew it was more recent. Oh, 98. Wait a sec. So I said 89. So I'm off by nine. I, I was off by eight. You're off at eight. Don't Shit. tell me Craig wins. That's right. Called him out. Fuck. I feel like Craig's Craig was technically the closest, but he was also the spiritually furthest. wrong. No, so I just I just I, knew it was more <laughs> recent than everybody thought. I, I mean, I guess it's a little too late. Two thousand six. Come on, here's why. It's My closer mom, than your guess. Why is that worse? I don't know, dude, the, come on. The, in this millennium, you think it sounds weird to hear two thousand? That's the only difference. <laughs> Yeah, it actually is. It's actually kind of funny that we're doing this because, like, when you look at video, like if you're looking at YouTube video or YouTube highlights from like. Seriously, like 2008, which really doesn't feel like that long ago. It looks like it's from the fucking Stone Age. Their well, no, video, here's what confused terrible. me, though. Here's what confused me. Uh, so my mom had always wanted to show me, and we finally, one day, we, we watched. She always wanted to show me the Giants 49ers championship games from like the late 80s, early 90s, because that was like classic football. And for like 10, 15 years, whoever won the NFC championship game, like that was the Super Bowl. And then they rolled the AFC. And so like the Niners, Giants ones. And so I watched it and I could not believe it. It was like 1987. And Bill Walsh pulls out a challenge flag and they do instant replay. And I was like, there was instant replay in <laughs> January 1980. I had no idea yeah. it was that old. And so that was what was in my head. But I I knew it was not, I actually knew it was ninety seven. Oh, else. did you? Yeah, <laughs> I did. I said right before I said it's eighty seven or ninety seven. Let's check the tape, that's, bro. That's a decade. <laughs> Who really I can said tell it the difference? With a seven. I said that right before we gave yeah, our that's, answers. That's just you memorizing it. Then that's not you actually thinking about when it makes sense that it would be. 
I didn't say it. <laughs> knew it would make sense. Would it be? I said I knew it starts with a seven. Watch, ends with watch seven. a movie in the eighties. It's not in the eighties. Damn it! <laughs> All right, so Craig, that's fair. Wins. That's fair. fantastic. Hyvitz, can so you? So Craig uh, gets Alan Lazard. Hyvitz, can you apologize to me? No, two thousand six was a dumb answer. You should have known that. You watch. You should have watched football before two thousand six. I was just. I was closer than both of you. How can you say it was a dumb answer? Because you were alive for the years. <laughs> I was. I was eleven. Ten. You should have known. Uh, I think it's a good guess. Thank you, everybody. Okay, I'm the taking Patriots Lazard. Super Bowls had the yellow line. All right, so I get second pick. I'm going with Rashad Bateman of the Ravens, who is still out there. TK, and- they're on by. I don't care. I'm picking him up <laughs> for the rest of the season. <laughs> okay. No, I actually feel you because I actually agree with Diggs' point here. The fact that these buys are over, how many people really need like a desperation plug and play receiver this week? Well, I don't know if you have not, if you have yeah, Devontae yeah, Adams and Marquise Brown on your team. You do. I don't know. I think we should. Yeah, that would suck. We should pocket this as like the next week guys and the long term guys. I think that's fair. Um, okay. Well, since we're just doing this, I'm going to talk about Rashad Bateman as rest of the season. I have him prioritized on the waiver wire this week. He followed up a very strong, solid effort in week in his first game. He had four catches for 29 yards. This doesn't sound great, but he had four first downs. He was utilized really well. Um, second on the team in targets this last week. Another solid game, six targets, three catches, 80 yards. He looked really good. Um, they're using him in the offense. Most importantly, this passing offense is like changing before our eyes. Like it is a um, pass first offense for the first time, I think, under like Lamar Jackson that, we're, that we've seen. Um, their neutral script it, uh, pass rate is, is much higher than it was last season. Lamar looks great as a passer. I don't think Marquise Brown necessarily is going to gobble up 14 targets every week like he did in this last game. I think it's going to be a little bit more evened out between uh, uh, between Bateman, Marquise Brown, and Mark Andrews. And there's a good funnel there to like those three guys, and that kind of like makes it easier to like stomach the fact that this is traditionally a more run first team. I think even though they are passing more, it, the fact that they're um, that they're funneling all the targets or most of the targets to three, these three guys actually helps a lot too. Plus, they can't run the ball. Um, They've got three dusty old receivers at, at running back, and or sorry, at running backs at running back, and they don't want to use Tyson Williams for whatever reason. So, all that together, I just think Bateman has a solid chance to have a good second half of the season. Um, and rookie receivers, generally speaking, over the years have always been much better over the second half of the season than they have during the first half of the season. The splits are actually like incredible. Um, so, I'm just kind of excited what he can do. And obviously, yes, correct. They do have a buy this week, so you can't use them this week. But I think he's. But a I think good the buy is exciting because I think that what you're doing is you're banking on you're not banking. You're hoping that if they involve him more over the bye week and they use the bye week to get Rashad Bateman more integrated to the offense, he could come out of the bye like an even more, uh, fo- like more focal, focal. Yeah, I couldn't find the word integral. Integral. Of- that's what I was looking for. More <laughs> integral part of the offense. Yeah. And, so, and if he doesn't, all right, whatever. It's a bench spot. But yeah, I think he, and he you, you hope, having said that, you hope though that the buy lets him beat out Sammy Watkins because Sammy Watkins will likely be back coming out of the buy, and you hope that that you know Rashad yeah, Bateman that's can a good point. bingo. And that's why my choice, who I would have chosen over Rashad Bateman, is still Christian Kirk, who somehow, some way, is still not rostered in like like seventy percent of leagues. So I saw he was sixty. He was rostered in sixty something percent on Yahoo. So I didn't. Is he one of those guys him, with the massive disparity on ESPN and Yahoo? It must be. But so I, if, I mean, look, if he's if he's under forty percent in 
ESPN leagues. Like you got to capitalize so on that. Christian Kirk is available. Like go get Christian Kirk. However, we've yes. just been beating this drum for like a month now that I'm just going to go with someone else because the Christian Kirk's out there. Go. Get I don't him. trust the ESPN and, leagues. And Tim Pat. So Tim Patrick's the same way though. Like we like Tim Patrick. You get it by now. So I'll give you someone else. Yeah. Um, Even though Judy will be back. Yeah, that kind of hurts his. That kind of hurts his stock. I'd say Tim Patrick's forever. <laughs> he was. He honestly he was playing uh, in. 22 and 12 personnel or whatever, two tight end sets uh, before Judy got hurt and Judy was not. So there is something to this, to the idea that maybe Tim Patrick is like going to run more routes. So we'll see. If you're desperate though, and again, Alan Lazard, Christian Kirk are ahead of them if you want to stash Rashad Bateman. But if you're desperate, so if no, you're desperate for this week, so really obvious option to me. Lead. I'm wondering if you're going to say it. Probably not. Who, who are you going to go with? Darius Slayton? Yeah, that's who I've got too. Maybe I'm just like instinctively against. He the has Giants. blinders for the Giants. Dude. Playing, he doesn't. He doesn't. He never wants to talk about. They're the playing Giants. the Chiefs. He had nine targets last week. None of those receivers are probably going to be back. I don't know. Yeah. I so I read him too emotionally. Kadarius <laughs> Tony is. I don't know what the situation is, but it's likely. It seems like that he's going to miss another week. Sterling Shepard was a game time decision this week. Uh, he and ultimately, I don't think he was that close to playing. It sounded like when he was warming up, he wasn't even really close. They might end up trying to give him another week. Kenny Galladay is out indefinitely. Uh, and so Darius Slayton kind of turns into the top target in this team. Don't forget Dante I think, Pettis. I think he's much better than Dante Pettis. He's certainly getting the more high value downfield targets, I would say. Um, and I think he's just a better player. So Giants fans I would, love Slayton. Slayton's yeah. been a joy. Slayton's think, one of Dave Gettleman's. He's good. Yeah, I think he's Slayton good. I think he's pretty good. I think he's pretty good. Um, and obviously with the injury situation, I think he's a guy that I would be willing to play in the flex situation. If Shepard and Tony are out another week and holiday, obviously, um, so he was definitely the next guy on my list. I just didn't have him above Bateman because it's going to be a one-week thing. When Tony and Shepard come back, I don't think he's going to be a thing. Yeah, and then there's desperation vibes too. Like Pettis, I guess, is desperation play. But I don't know how desperate you are this week. I feel like it's not that bad of a week. And then another one, Amon Ross St. Brown for the Lions. I know he did not have a good week last week, but I don't think that's indicative. Like, I don't think Khalif Raymond will be better than Amon Ross St. Brown for the Lions going forward. Yeah, so, couple, a couple others to add here. Russell Gage. For the Falcons, who came back from an ankle injury and missed a couple of games, he had four catches for 61 yards and a touchdown. Michael Gallup was on uh, Yahoo at 40%, right at the 40% mark. We kind of like have that as our cutoff. Um, but if he's out there in leagues, he's definitely worth stashing at this point. Um, in fact, I'd probably have him higher than everybody but uh, Lazard. On him. I actually might have him number one on my list well, if he's still out there. While um, we're here, this is an important conversation. Because we just tell people to add, add, add. We got to have a very important conversation. Can you cut Allen Robinson? I said this on the pod yesterday. I think you can. God, that is crazy. Somebody in my league cut Odell. And I was like, wow, what a world we're living in. Odell at least has two shoulder injuries that he's not going to get surgery for. He's going to fight through. Allen Robinson, as far as we know, is basically healthy and is... Uh, what is he, the wide receiver 58 on the year? Is that too high? All I know is that he would be the <laughs> it's bad. wide receiver four on the Detroit Lions. <laughs> just like like fantasy-wise. That just sucks so much. Um, but yes, yeah. This is not an Allen Robinson question. This is a Justin Fields question. And this is a, how much do you think he can improve in the second half of the season, DK? Uh, I, so I don't think, I, th I am not optimistic about Justin Fields this year. I think, there's just too many things going on. I think Justin Fields needs time to be to improve, to speed up his processing a little bit. Um, I think that the offensive line is horrific and terrible, and that's not doing him any favors. I think the coaching staff has been rough. 
Um, all three things together, like I don't want to, I'm not assigning blame to any one thing. I'm just saying all three, all these things together, fields being bad, offensive line being bad, the coaching staff being bad. Uh, I don't see it really taking a huge jump in the second half of the year. And um, like, honestly, the other thing is like, they don't seem to want to like pass more. Like one of the problems is not just that Justin Fields has been struggling. It's that they run like the slowest low volume passing offense in the NFL. And that's how they want to run. Um, and, you know, even if Fields improves marginally and gets better and a little more efficient, they're still going to be throwing like 24 times a game or something like that. It's just not sustainable. And Mooney is is Fields' favorite target. So I don't know. I, I, I suppose there's a chance that they could just turn things around, but I don't see it. I think it's I think it's a reasonable option to drop Allen Robinson at this point. Like, forget about the sunk cost that it took to for you to draft him. Like, going forward, he's just taking up a roster spot, and you can't start him, you can't trade him. Sad. He's a throw-in on a trade. You can throw him in on a trade. How about that? I want to just toss it because my gut instinct is like, hold on, like don't cut Allen Robinson yet. Like, I, like you or like you can, you have permission, but my gut is to not recommend it. However, I do want to just throw out here because I just want to throw out like something that is pretty incredible. Okay, please do. <laughs> throw it out there. So Allen Robinson <laughs> does not have a double-digit fantasy games this year like double digit point performance this season right these are the wide receivers just to give you a sampling wide receivers who have played six games and don't have a double digit fantasy game basically we're talking about dd westbrook quez watkins muhammad sanu isaiah mckenzie for the bills who you've forgotten about terrace marshall for the panthers Devin DuVernay for the Ravens. I mean, these are like special teams guys. So it's like 16 team leagues that you're like playing these guys. Like that's how this like, like, I mean, Alan Robinson, like, it's not even like he wouldn't be rostered. It's like you wouldn't think about rostering Alan Robinson if he had a different name. Yep. Yeah. Wow. So are we actually saying cut Alan Robinson? Well, I'm yeah, I guess so. I mean, I'm saying don't feel bad if that's what you want to yeah, do. Don't feel bad. Is like the <laughs> Listen, if you if, if you need to cut him and you can get somebody like Rashad Bateman or I don't know. You know, maybe even Alan Lazard, Michael yeah. Gallup. Because I think you Lazard or Bateman, yeah, I don't know if I'd cut. Would, would you cut him for Darius Slayton? I think not. I'd do it for Gallup. I think you're anchoring, Heifetz. Man, maybe I am anchoring. All right, well, <laughs> that's crazy. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Let's move on. All right, tight end time. Bad week for tight ends on by. It's Darren Waller and Mark Andrews. And obviously Darren Waller uh, was hurt on Friday at practice, which was super annoying if you had to deal with that. We don't know the status of him. We'll find out. He's got two weeks to get better, so hopefully he's all right. But with that said, DK, who's your number one tight end waiver pick for this week? I might be zigging while you guys zag here, but I'm going with Pat Fryer Muth for the Steelers. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Number one. Yeah, because I think, again, this is me thinking for the rest of the season and his potential to kind of grow. Again, like second half of the year, um, rookies tend to just like be more ingrained in the offense, know the offense more, have better chemistry, all that stuff. It kind of just helps pay off. Um, and I think what we saw in the last games, obviously the Steelers weren't by this week, but last week, um, 
they he was the guy who kind of like took over for Juju Smith-Schuster. It wasn't necessarily like he was the only replacement one-to-one, but he ended up having, I think, like seven targets in that game. Uh, he looks pretty good. He's he's had some good uh, chemistry with Big Ben, especially in the red zone. So I'm just kind of using this as a speculative ad time to grab Firemuth, who could have a, like a pretty solid second half of the season, especially at a tight end position where, um, you know, there's just a lot of question marks. So he's second round pick. Like he's a good player. They called him Baby Gronk for a while. I think he's never going to live up to that nickname. But I mean, I think he's a good player, good athleticism. Sorry, Heifetz, it's true. Um, and he's just a natural player. Like he's just a good player. I thought the and whole thing he, on Firemuth was that he was not that athletic. Remember, I was like, oh, Ben joked that like, oh, he's not the fastest. He couldn't move the most, but he's the Jason Witten, Heath Miller type. Oh, yeah, I guess maybe you're right. Maybe I should uh, rescind my athleticism thing here. Let me look up. Let me look up. his. Uh, it's a weird comp to call somebody baby that. Gronk. And then Ben Roethlisberger's like, he's not that fast. <laughs> also, never call anyone baby Gronk. Yeah. Not, not that you guys did, just like in general. This is good, though. Well, you- he, he scored tons of touchdowns at Penn State. Um and I think that's kind of like where he got that nickname. Oh, I see. Like a red zone dominator. Uh, you know what? Yeah. DK, this was... I a... think Pat Fryermuth was on my list. He's not number one, but I totally see the case from his number one because of the rest of the season. Basically, if he does replace Juju in the offense, like, I mean, he could be pretty good. It's also a savvy pick because I feel like nobody thinks about the team that was on by the week before when making waiver wire ads because they don't have that recency bias of watching them play or nobody got hurt in that week before, you know? So Fryermuth might be off the radar right. for a lot of other people Sneaky. in your league. Yeah, everyone just is like an idiot and picks the guy who scored the most points last week, like C.J. Uzoma. Correct. So anyway, my number one pick this week was C.J. Uzoma. <laughs> um, because I, I like I know that even a few weeks ago, I said, like, look, don't he had the Thursday night football game that was really good against the Jaguars. And I was like, look, he scored on like a broken play that was a touchdown. Like, don't chase it. I know it's a mistake, but I kind of want to chase it. Like, the only thing that's worse than like picking up C.J. Uzoma and him sucking and you're like, oh, right, I picked an unsustainable game is... If he just keeps doing this, like the Bengals offense is good. And if we've learned something this season, it's like you kind of just want to roll the dice. Tight ends are good offenses. Dalton Schultz of the Cowboys has been good. Dawson Knox of the Bills has been good. Like the the Bengals aren't quite that level of offense, but they're up there. I'm not saying he's going to be I mean, he's the number one tight end this week. That's not going to happen all the time. But I feel like he's suddenly above average as a dice roll for a touchdown and some decent yardage and some targets. So he's almost not like... I feel like the odds of him crashing back to earth and really ghosting you were high, but also like I'm I'm willing to take like a like a dice roll on a guy that just is in a better offense and does seem to have some level of rapport with Burrow that I didn't want to acknowledge before. The bar is so low, man, with tight ends. Like I feel the bar like, is so low. I feel like I can't fault you at all. I didn't pick CJ Ozoma, but I feel like no matter the tight end any of us suggest, it's like a three-year-old bringing home a watercolor painting from school. You're just like, oh, that was great. Good job, honey. <laughs> like, it, it's so difficult. Pretty much anybody you add is all the same shot in the dark. I picked Evan Ingram, who had eight targets last week. They're playing the Chiefs. I had him I had him on my list. None of us had oh, Foster Moreau. So we went on different, but that, that was my sense. list of three. It was Uzoma, Evan Ingram, and Frymouth. I have one more guy, but... Yeah, I mean... Uh, th- yeah, the thing I wanted to add about Uzoma, I like this one, actually. He is in an offense that right now... I think people are still kind of anchored to the idea that they run a slow, they run first, you know, they don't run a lot of plays, blah, blah, blah. Like that's what they were at the beginning of the year. There's just not going to be enough targets in this offense for them. That's kind of like where I anchor myself to with this. But at the, um, the last few weeks have been pretty encouraging in terms of like their neutral game, uh, their neutral script 
passing rate, like the way that they're passing more and they're going faster. And this is they're starting to look more like the team we saw last year, which was really pass heavy, letting Burrow sling it. Um, I think that what they were doing at the beginning of the season was basically like, look, they recognize that Burrow is still coming back from his knee injury. He's not going to be very mobile. They want to like ease him in. They're going to run the ball a lot. They're going to go slow. They're going to try and shorten the game and play fewer plays. And they did all that in the beginning of the season. And now it feels like it could just be a blip, but it feels like they're going, they're trending back in the direction where they're letting him kind of loose. They're letting him be him. They're passing more. They're going to end up having more opportunity for everybody in this offense. They're going to score more points, hopefully. And so this is like getting in early. This is like getting in on the ground floor of like the Bengals offense that we think that they could be or that we thought they could be kind of like in the summer well, or whatever. I don't think you're getting on the ground floor with CG Uzoma the week after he's the number one tight end of the position. Okay. Thanks. Thanks for that, Heifetz. You're right. Correct. Uh, but what I'm saying is he could have a bigger role going forward in, in terms of like consistency and everything like that. Um, and he's not going to be like, it's whatever. It's like, he wasn't even my number one choice. It's not going to be like super expensive to get him if you have to spend F, your your fob on him or whatever. So, um, yeah, to say fob, I don't know why I can't remember it. I call it fab. It's like Do you guys call like, it fob or fab. It's like can and con. No one knows. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly fab. What it's like all right, Craig, you had Evan Engram. Yeah, so we have no showdown time here. I think that's a good one. I mean, the Giants are playing the Chiefs. Like that makes total sense. Also, he's going to catch a touchdown eventually. Yeah, he's averaging six targets a year. That's the only reason I picked him over Uzoma. Who's <laughs> that? Sounds right. I think you meant six targets a game, but oh, six sorry. targets a year sounds Six correct. targets a game, not a year. But I picked him. That's why my slight edge over Uzoma is Uzoma's only had more than three targets one time. And I was like, all right, I'll take the higher floor with tight end rather than the ceiling. So, okay. So tight end, other, a couple other guys I wanted to shout out on the tight end spot. Um, Robert Tunyon. We mentioned Devonta Adams is out. Oh yeah, good one. Probably out for Thursday Night Football. Robert mm -hmm. Tunyon, as flawed as the man may be, he's a touchdown machine. But like, if Devonta's out, more targets to go around in Green Bay. The other one, we need to put some respect on his name. Foster Moreau. Shout out Peter Schrager. Hello. Yeah, but they're on by. Foster Moreau had an incredible game in replace of Darren Waller. Now, here's the thing. Obviously, Darren Waller and the Raiders are on by this week. But we don't really know the deal with Darren Waller's injury. If Darren Waller is hurt enough that he can't play two weeks from now, Foster Moreau would be a really good streaming option. I'm not saying you have to pick him up this week, but certainly keep him on your radar based on what we learned about Darren Waller's injury. And if you have an extra spot and Darren Waller's on your team and you're worried about him, I, mean, I guess you don't because you have to get a tight end this week, but keep Foster Moreau in mind. Yeah. For he's like Foster Moreau's like the classic Sunday morning ad for the week ahead. Like if you know what I mean? Like if you if one of your players goes to YR and you have an extra spot on Sunday morning and you make the ad and you pick up Foster Moreau on Sunday and then like Wednesday, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I get yeah. him and maybe Wall is questionable. You're adding him for eight days from now, not that same day. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's all. All right. Defensive streamers. Well, we're talking about the Bengals offense. Dude, the Bengals defense. Yeah. Like, it's better than you think. They're playing the Jets and Zach Wilson's out. Zach Wilson has a PCL injury. He's out maybe two weeks, might be a month. We'll see. He might go on IR. Dude, the Jets are going to play Mike White who's like a fifth rounder from a few years ago. He had never taken a snap in an NFL game till last week. I mean, you kind of can't think of a worse situation. It, what was the situation a few years ago or two years ago? When, uh, who was the Jets quarterback that came in? Luke Falk. Yeah. For his first game <laughs> yeah, from in Gillette. It's not quite that bad. Yeah. But, <laughs> dude, Mike White making his first career start for the Jets team that just lost by 40 points or whatever. Dude. Is Mike White the first quarterback who, when you Google his name, he's not the first person who comes up? <laughs> no, there's definitely other ones. You think? Yeah. The, I would dare I say 
the Jets have two of those guys because the backup for Mike White's Josh Johnson. I bet Josh Johnson isn't the first Josh Johnson. Heifetz, that's literally the person I just thought of. That's hilarious. They're both on the Jets. Only the Jets could have two quarterbacks. That if you, you are incorrect. Them, if you Google Josh Johnson, the quarterback comes up. There's not wow. a more famous Josh Johnson wow. than Josh Johnson. Mike White, we all know, is the creator of School of Rock. No, I have the first guy that comes up for me is joshjohnsoncomedy.com. Josh Johnson. I, I typed in Josh Johnson into Google, hit enter, and the first thing that comes up for me on the right side is his Wikipedia and him as a quarterback. All right, the right side I have is Wikipedia, but the top, first result for me is joshjohnsoncomedy.com. Oh, I guess that that's tough because you see it on the right. But anyway, my, my point persists that Mike White <laughs> is clearly not the most famous Mike White. Can we call him Ned Schneebly? Can we just give Who him that the name? the other Mike White? Is there another Mike White you're thinking of? Yeah, Ned Schneebly, School of Rock. He's the creator of... He's Ned Schneebly in School of Rock. Mike White, he was on Survivor. I, I'm, I'm going to blow your mind right now. I don't know the names of the School of Rock characters off the top of my no, head. No, he's the... Mike White is the actor who played Ned Schneebly in School of Rock. Ned Schneebly is the name that... You don't know the name Ned Schneebly? That's the name Jack Black becomes in the movie. Oh, Jack Black's character's name Ned Schneebly? Schneep, <laughs> Ned Schneebly? It's not. Well, it's his name... Jack, talking about. Hold on. Jack Black. Am I the crazy one or is Craig the crazy? Am I supposed to know the names of the School of Rock characters? <laughs> Jack Black plays a character named Dewey, but he takes a job as a Dewey. substitute teacher. That is his friend Ned Schneebly's job. So he pretends to be Ned Schneebly in the movie. His character Dewey okay. pretends to be Ned Schneebly. So everybody calls him Ned Schneebly. Why Mike White is also relevant is he created the new show White Lotus that just came out. There you go. Uh, that I would have gotten uh, immediately. Yeah. <laughs> There you go, <laughs> folks. Good luck. The wow. thing I would have known. Jesus that, Christ. That good. So, yeah. Wow, I, I don't know where to go from there. <laughs> Should we talk about streamers? Speaking the of The point is, the Bengals' defense is going to crush Ned Schneebly. Yes. That's the point. They're going to, they're gonna, dare I say, rock the, the, the Mike White. They're going to the crush him like a guitar banged against the stage at the end of a show. My my, fr I've mentioned on this show the the giant. My friends have this giant Newfie, this like hundred and forty pound dog that has an incredible Instagram, Woody Mammoth. They're the, <laughs> he's going as Jack Black from School of Rock. Like the dog will be the substitute teacher for Jack Black for Halloween. That's nice. awesome. That's an amazing it's incredible. Costume. Okay, you guys Good don't content. sound like School of Rock heads. I guess I just I'm not. I'm not. I feel like that movie was pretty big for people our age. I love the movie. Who's and it had a uh, uh, Miranda Cosgrove. Boom. See, I know the movie. Joan Cusack. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, Bengals are a good one. And then, but check if anyone dropped Pittsburgh the, as a defense because they were on by this week. Not like everyone, but if someone dropped your Pittsburgh in your league because they were on by, the Pittsburgh Steelers. The next three games are the Browns, who probably won't have Baker Mayfield. Then they got the Bears and this disaster show that is Justin Fields and this offense and all the sacks they're taking. And then the Lions. So if the Steelers are around, look for them. And if not, the Bengals are a really good streaming option. Yeah, I agree. If you can get San Francisco, San Francisco's playing the Bears. If you can get them. Yeah, the Bears, uh, we love Justin Fields, but man, the, the, I mean, how many times did Fields turn over, over the ball against the Buccaneers this week? Five. It felt like 12. It was rough. It was Every rough. time they cut to the game, it was just the Buccaneers rowing the boat. I think the Buccaneers <laughs> yeah. were rowing the boat yeah, in the end zone. Sucked. Craig, you probably didn't see this, but they literally did the like row, row, row your boat. Like and like all 11 of them did it in line. I'm not exaggerating. I think they did it at least three times. It reminded Maybe me of four. It reminded me of uh, basketball. You know, when they talk about how uh, celebrations have got out of hand, gotten out of hand, and they it do was like, like the entire team is doing river dance when they score a touchdown. It's like, like it was like that. Their celebrations were probably equal to Chicago's time of possession. In <laughs> <laughs> so much grandeur in the celebration. Um, but yeah, it was bad. Uh, did we? Did we talk about QB streamers yet? We talked about defensive streamers. No, I think. 
honestly, I feel like quarterback's true. I guess if you have Lamar. Yeah. Or Carr. That's a big and one. Then, Those are two Jeff starters. Uh, so Trevor Lawrence is playing the Seahawks. I think that has sneaky appeal. Daniel Jones against the Chiefs. Yeah. What do you think of that one? Yeah. There's one no, more. If it says Giants Daniel blinders. Jones, I don't want to say it out loud. Uh-oh. Then don't. all right. <laughs> nice. Okay. Hey, he didn't have a turnover, and that's something. He, no, he, he is turning. I will I will give him. He is turning over the, the ball. He's not turning over the ball as much anymore. Again, my concern for young <laughs> Danny Jones was his situational awareness. And as I've said before, I've been very concerned for him crossing the street. Because I just feel like he doesn't have great awareness of what's going on around him. I right, now feel right. like he could cross the street and be perfectly fine. At what point do we talk about Carson Wentz being a decent fantasy player? It's probably still yeah, too early. Yeah. Do we wait a couple more weeks to then talk about Craig, Carson I had, Wentz? I had him on my list, too. I had Lawrence, Wentz, and Jones as my favorite streamers this week. And I think, yeah, he's been pretty good. Like, he's been solid. He's had 17 points or more in every game but one this year. So my only concern would be the Colts are playing the Titans this week. And even though the Titans have a bad defense on paper, the Titans somehow have a way of making every offense look bad, look ugly. Like, they, obviously, they destroyed the Chiefs this week. I'm not saying that's, like, going to happen again. But don't the Titans games, aren't they always just ugly affairs? Like, they, so, they, they, they drag you down to their disgusting style of football play and then beat you with experience. <laughs> disgusting. Well, and, Hyvitz, to your point, the one game that Carson Wentz did not have 17 points was against Tennessee this year. <laughs> Here we uh, go. The Perfect. Titans have given up the seventh, no, sorry, the sixth most points to opposing quarterbacks this season. So, but how does that jive with them to start? I don't understand how they held the Chiefs to three points. Uh, it was a, I think it was a matchup thing, honestly, like par partially. They, what they did was they pressured with four, which is they didn't blitz. You know, the whole new book on Mahomes this year, Heifetz, it's, it's funny. It's like you just don't blitz him at all. And like he makes mistakes. It's like basically you're asking yeah. Mahomes to like mess it up. Um, which is weird because the Titans, I've like, they're so banged up in the secondary. They've lost like several starting corners, but six, they have six days before this game. They were literally down to three cornerbacks on Monday Night Football. <laughs> yeah. And they have, but they have a really good front line, defensive line. So they were able to get a lot of pressure, a couple sacks, um, and force the, the Chiefs into making some mistakes. I don't think you play that game 10 times. I think nine times out of 10, the Chiefs offense looks really good. I think it was just a weird game and they had, they just never could get it going. Wasn't that the speech in Miracle? <laughs> sure, uh, speaking yeah. of Tennessee, I don't. I haven't. Uh, to be honest, guys, I didn't listen to the Sunday Night Show. I, I didn't have any time. How dare you? Uh, did sir. you guys talk about Derrick Henry not hitting one fifty? <laughs> uh, uh, did did we? I can't remember. I think actually, we did did you talk about it? We didn't talk about it in depth. So congratulations, Craig. Yeah, that was a hell of a call. Well Ballsy call on that one. Well, I just think it's funny that the Titans. It's like they've never had a bigger blowout this season, and of course that's I was thinking the game. The same thing. Derrick Henry is his worst game. <laughs> if we saw the final score, we would have ran from that that bet as fast as we could. Like the Chiefs had three points. Yeah, he had twenty nine carries. It's insane. <laughs> we should just think of Derrick Henry as basically like his yards are receiving yards, right? And that if it's not a close game, he can't get to two hundred. He can only get to two hundred yards if it's like going to be a shootout. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, good call, Craig. Good call. All right. I think that is everything. Uh, I think that's it. There we go. You want to run through the top options here again one last time? Sure. Yes. We like Kenneth Gamewell from the Eagles. We like Alan Lazard for for receiving. And then if Christian Kirk's still out there, get Christian Kirk. And then the tight end. Carousel. Yeah. It's Pat Fryermuth, Evan Ingram. CJ Uzoma. CJ Uzoma. 
take your pick. And then I Bengals defense, Steelers are somehow they're still out there. Quarterback. I already forgot what you guys said. Trevor Lawrence, Carson Wentz, Trevor Daniel Lawrence. Jones. Yeah. Danny Dimes. Do we want to give kicker Rex? Matt Gay? No. Justin Tucker's off. What do, what do the Justin Tucker people do? That's an excellent question. Hey, Fitz, do you know? No, I have no idea. I don't know. Greg, Greg Zerline? I don't know. Pick the one that's not playing in a bomb cyclone. That's my advice. <laughs> what a title. What, okay. what a name. Bomb Dude, the cyclone. guy hit a, one of the, the 49ers guy hit a 56 yarder. Dude, after missing the extra point, I was like, I don't know anything about the weather. <laughs> what Every the time hell? I think I know anything, it's like, like there you go. It's like these crazy wins, and he kicks the 56 yard, and it looked easy. He's 14 yeah, he for 14 it. in warmups. I guess he just knows the wind in that stadium because the home kicker was doing good and the Colts kicker was lost. Uh, can I, can we talk about one thing briefly? I don't know if you guys have seen this. It's a San Diego State plug, so I know, but it's relevant. <laughs> Talking about yeah. kickers and hitting boots, Roger Sherman tweets about this all the time. Roger Sherman, a uh, writer for The Ringer, and he loves college football. The SDSU has this kicker punter guy. His name is Matt Areza. He kicks 85-yard punts. He kicks from their SDSU's own end zone to the to the 15 of the other side of the field. He's hit like three 50-plus-yard field goals. He's like the best leg that we've seen in like a decade. And I think he's going to get drafted oh. in like the fifth round. He legitimately... <laughs> the thing. The last time I heard this was Roberto Aguayo, who they took... The Buccaneers the took him, in the, took him in the third round. Was he a second. punter as well? No, he was a kicker. Because Matt, guy this guy's both. Oh. Tell me he's like the best punter and a great kicker in college. He, he's, he's had 350-yard field goals. He's perfect on those. And he kicks an 80-yard punt every game. It's un- through the air, not is after like the a normal, is, is he like... A, does he have some different way of doing things? I don't know. Is he like from Australian rules football or something? <laughs> no idea. He looks like a normal guy, but he has an absolute boot, literally 80 yards in the air before hitting the ground. Unbelievable. <laughs> He's SDSU's best player. Wow. Oh okay. My God. Well, if anyone has more um, details on this punter, please email us at ringerfantasyfootball at gmail.com, including Roger Sherman. Just, you know what, Roger, you can just hit us on Slack. Yeah. Everyone else emails at ringerfantasyfootball at gmail.com. All right. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Thank you to SDSU for recruiting that guy. That's great. Yeah. Great work. Matt. I'm back for them. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Lord. Lord. Thank you, Rick Astley. Nice. I wish I could Rickroll a podcast, but I, 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 w- I could just play the music. How much of the song could you play until we got sued? <laughs> I'm not sure. It's like 10 seconds, maybe? <laughs> 10? You think we could get like three? All we need is the first. Who, li- open, who listens to the video for more than four seconds? Everyone closes that up. And then everyone just knows the first three seconds perfectly. Interesting. Can we play it like the first two and a half seconds right now? Maybe, yeah. Hopefully we don't get sued for that. All right. And if By the way, the, the last Eagles, episode ever, the Eagles are trading everyone. Joe Flacco to the Jets, you guys. What? Oh, it's wow. Flacco time. Flacco's going Flacco. back to the Jets. He was on the Jets before, yeah. wasn't he? Yes. I think I think he's this is like interesting for uh for Jameson Crowder. The Flacco Crowder connection is back, baby. Not really. Not really. Craig is waving his hand. He's like, I'm out. I'm out. That's like we just got (laughs) Rickrolled. Yeah. It's like Joe Flacco back to the Jets. You open it and it's like, never kind of gave you up. up. (laughs) (laughs) I've gotten gotten Rickrolled a few too many times in my life. I believe that. Goodbye, everyone.